started. Hey, what's started? up, everyone? This is Jason. Oh, this is Dirty Water Cooler, episode number 182. Today's topic is graduating from Squarespace to WordPress. Let's go around the room real quick and get everyone introduced. On the far left-hand side, in alphabetical order, Brian Hogg. Brian, please tell us all about you. Good day, good day. I am the author of the event calendar newsletter, organizer of WordCamp Hamilton, and probably some other WordPress things that I can't remember right now. Need more tea. Awesome. Dave, what about you? Hi, I'm Dave. I'm a software engineer and CTO of Spectrum Technologies, and we build e-commerce and custom plugins. Sweet. What about you, Drake? I'm Drake Berry. I'm the founder and lead engineer of Oso Studio in Austin, Texas, and we do custom WordPress development for mid-market and enterprise customers. Oh, awesome. so. What about you, John? Uh, I'm John Brown. I'm the owner of Nine Seeds, a custom web development shop. Um, I'm also the founder of the Maui WordPress Meetup Group, the original organizer of the Maui WordCamp, um, and a full-time digital nomad again. That's awesome, nice. man. Thanks for being here with us. What about you, Robbie? Hey, I'm Robbie. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller, and <laughs> co-founder of Beaver Builder, and I'm an aspiring Ooh. digital nomad. Nice. Sweet. Say, what about you? Oh, hey. I'm Say Reed. Um, <laughs> I forgot what I say. Oh, yeah. I uh, make WordPress, teach WordPress, teach WordPress, love WordPress. <laughs> at Say Read Media on all the things. Thank you. <laughs> what about you, Steve? I am Steve Zangit. I'm the founder of Zeke Interactive, and I run the OC WordPress Meetup. And I'm also uh, one of the many organizers of Orange County WordCamp. Awesome. I'm Jason Tucker. You find me Jason Tucker on Twitter, Jason Tucker US on the webs, and I blog over at WPedia.pro. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. This is not a vape. To say not vape, just so we're clear, the Wacom pen. Okay, that's been a question. Your face, your face is a Wacom. Well, well, I'll need to make sure to update the uh, the say FAQ on the website. Alert the alert the press. I'll call the president. Oh boy. So so today today we're going to be talking a little bit about um you know you have a Squarespace site or you have a Wix site or you have some type of other than WordPress site and you're wanting to migrate from that over to WordPress. Uh, and graduate. Graduate. <laughs> you play the song and all that, and you get the, the cabin down and stuff. <laughs> Who do you have to email to to get that sent to you? So you go do all. Of, so you're doing all of that stuff, and you end up on WordPress, and then you do what? You know, party all the time. Party all the time. <laughs> well, let's talk update about update all the things. Update all the things. That's actually what you do. Let's talk about let's talk about yeah. when it's time to graduate uh, from. Yeah, one you of may those not change. Need Change. I, I like graduate though. <laughs> um, well, I have a question. Yeah. How many of y'all's actually have used Squarespace? Me. I have. I like how everyone like confesses. Like, About <laughs> well, five minutes before the episode. Uh, if you follow if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that sometimes of it, over the past six months, I have had to actually recommend Squarespace to my small business clients. Um, for a multitude of reasons, so I think it's really important to clarify why someone would want to use Squarespace, or let's all just gasp real quick, Weebly, because turns out Weebly, not, not as bad as Wix, and I just want to put a little PSA out there for people. If you register your domain name with Wix, they will not yes. let that go. 
they yep. will not let it go so hard that it will actually cause people to just give up. Literally last week I had a client just be like, I don't even care. I'm just going to change nope. my domain. A friend, a friend All literally, their site was down for a week. <laughs> wow. Well, it just, they literally won't change the account. So, like, you can totally change it, you can totally move your domain, but you can't. So no matter what you do, if you're going with one of these services, software as a services, um, that's, you know, there's types of people that need this for everything, totally legit, but you need to register your own domain name separately from that service, so that you are not chained to it for the rest of your life. So I've heard of some let's hosting companies that also do that, and that's that's bad. Yeah, let's, Vista let's Print is another when I, company that when, does that. When I, when I proposed this topic, it wasn't this was not necessarily meant as a Squarespace bashing session. That's, that's not what this <laughs> I was, was not bashing right? Squarespace. I, I was I bashing Wix. And, I, so and that's why I want to clarify. Clear. I want to clarify <laughs> what you said about uh, your earlier comment, right? Squarespace and those other software as a service products. You know, might be the right fit for certain types of of clients and certain type of businesses, certain types of people that are they just are. looking to start a website. They are um, a an easy to use entree. They have pre formatted. Uh, we were discussing yesterday um, whether or not Squarespace is more like a Beaver Builder. That's your cue there, uh, uh -huh. or you know, or if it's something more like a page builder. But really, Squarespace is not like that at all. Squarespace is like kind of what the customizer wishes it was. So okay. well, that's, that's a true fact. Like that's what the customizer wants to be. It like looks like it. It like kind of acts like it. So it's like it's like a really well done theme, except you can't do anything except for what it lets you do. So it's like super limited, no customization really. I mean, you can do it if you can code, but then that's a whole other topic. Um, but <laughs> in terms of the, the user, like, you can only do so much because you can't break it. Exactly. You yeah, can't. Yeah. You can't. It's not drag and drop. It's not like that. It's just you're That's filling for in some spots. Yeah. It's great, and it's a great place to start. If also you have the budget, because you know it can get pricey when you're trying to when you have to pay monthly, and for any of those SaaSes. And and what's great about a, a, a system like Squarespace is there's no technical know-how. Right. You just turn it on and you're up and running. Right, you pay your eight dollars a month. I'm looking at the pricing right now. It's eight dollars a month for personal, or eighteen dollars a month for business, and you're done. You're, you're now annually. Just by the way, okay, well, you don't have to learn DNS or hosting configuration. There, or, you actually there, still have to have that information. Yeah. But there, bit. there is a competitor for that within the WordPress community. WordPress. I can't tell you. <laughs> Which is called WordPress.com. Right, so <laughs> not even remotely the same or as easy to use, and that's my current beef with. Tell me, tell me the thing. difference, say. Um, well, user user interface. Squarespace has been doing what WordPress.com is trying to do now for longer, and they're doing it better. So that's just well, where WordPress.com is at the moment, mm -hmm. though. I think it's getting there, and it's what it wants to be. It's like this weird. Copying okay. both directions, kind of forgetting, thing. Forgetting, forgetting, forgetting the UI for a second. The right? Hologram. They both will. They will. They're both turnkey website solutions. Yeah. Yes. Well, they target a completely different market, which is important to differentiate because if you're talking about graduating to like self-hosted WordPress in a way, like WordPress.com still services the blogging, chronological publishing market pretty well. It's never serviced the small business market well who just wants a brochure website. Not but true with the purchase of WooCommerce and the addition of a Shopify merge thing. Not so true anymore. Well, it's gotten better, but it's gotten I better. Say it's good. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't say they're focused on that. Like, if your goal is a five-page social website with a little side e-commerce store where you sell ten products, okay, like, so, maybe Squarespace, Wix, and that stuff's good. So, at what in, point, with any of these solutions, at what point do you hit that cap? Do you hit a wall, and it's time to graduate? Oh, I think it's, it's when, when you try to do something on the platform, but you can't. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty or, much. Or you're like, you, oh crap, I have to spend seventy-five dollars I really think that there's two decision points there, Steve. That one of them is if you're publishing a lot of content, and so you need something that's a proper content management system, whether it be blog articles or custom post types or whatever. If you're doing something on an ongoing basis where you're continuously publishing content, then those platforms are awful for it. The second one is anytime you need any kind of a custom integration, which is what Brian was just referring to, is like there's such limits on that that as soon as you go, oh, I need this little bit of custom business functionality built into my site, it's impossible to build those into those platforms. This is true. I want to also differentiate between Squarespace, Squarespace, Wix, and Weebly, which are kind of like the top three that I get from people. We're not even going to discuss GoDaddy Builder because I won't discuss it. So, um, but uh, although I have clients who have that in their site too, and I just deal with it. But um, Weebly is a little more, uh, and both Wix are more drag and drop builder style in the fashion of Beaver Builder or Page Builder or Visual Composer, whereas Squarespace is not. Okay, so if only we had somebody on the water cooler it's too bad. that <laughs> would. I keep trying to bring it up. I keep being like, Beaver Builder. Somebody, somebody might be able to speak to that. Well, so Beaver Builder, of course, is a drag oh. and drop. Page builder. <laughs> hey, look. How's it going, Robbie? Hey, Robbie. It brings some of that. Uh, hey, guys. <laughs> it brings some of that convenience of being able to build a page if that's a you know marketing page or an e-commerce page, kind of the brochure style website, being able to drag and drop images and set background rows and kind of build pages beyond just a standard kind of blog or a content platform, which WordPress.com and WordPress in general really thrives at. So it kind of merges those two together. At least that's what Has anyone ever tried to like get someone to uh, be like, oh yeah, you can do columns, just use short codes. And they're like, what? Oh my <laughs> god. Beaver Builder, and you're like, oh look, drag and drop, cool. Sure, yeah. sure. No, that's the, I, I'm appreciative of that for the fact that you're not using short codes. I am deeply appreciative of that because so, short code is just as confusing to uh, the user as code is. They're like, what is this thing? And uh, having them understand that something represents something else. I mean, there's a certain level of technical savviness that gets that, but under that, there it's it's. It's a wash. Drake, go. You were trying to say something. Yeah, I was going to say we actually, on like the Beaver Builder side, we actually have started using that in a lot of projects with some of our bigger clients that were using like a completely separate service for their landing pages or they have like a different a different service. They would use WordPress for their blog. They would use some other system for all of their for all of their pages, uh, static pages. And Beaver Builder has really replaced all of that. So I see, you know, it's definitely gonna fit that same that same mold for any for anyone who's smaller that needs something like a square Squarespace Wix, whatever, uh, to be able to integrate with it. That's awesome. The the data portability <laughs> the data portability is a big thing too. With short codes, you know, you you lose that content. If your content's all built with short codes, um, and that's a similar kind of problem that you get with Squarespace or a Wix or someone like that. Like if you want to move your site that you spent all this time or money and invested in, 
Um, it's a real, uh, it's a real pain. Actually, so to that point, what to that point specifically, this is how you understand the graduation concept, and why I really appreciated this term that Steve was using. Because even Squarespace understands that people literally graduate from Squarespace out because. While you can't export your text out of Wix or Weebly, the export from Squarespace is into a WordPress file. Huh. I just want you to process that for a second. That is what you export your content out of, not CSV, and literally a WordPress file. So you can export your content from Squarespace directly into your WordPress install. So that is even Squarespace acknowledging that they realize that when you're leaving, you're probably leaving to go to WordPress. Is well, it's kind of like the Google Takeout model, where, where they just want to make sure that you have the ability to get your data out of it. So they're just trying to be good you know, citizens, if you will, by, by making it so that you can move your content out of it into something else. To that end, Wix and Weebly are not interested in you moving their content out of there. They would make it so difficult, it's not possible. You're cutting and pasting. So if you are blogging and developing a blog there, and you're developing a lot of content, you're kind of it is that your 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 domains being held for ransom and your content is also your it's kind of like this weird hostage situation so it's not a good place to start Squarespace at least is has the ability to move um, whereas the other ones do not. So could we talk a little bit about the like the differences between how Squarespace does a entire page build where um, Beaver Builder would be more of the content area of the page that you're making changes to. How do you guys approach that, Robbie? Um, well, so we work with within any WordPress theme, and in a way that makes it you know really flexible. You can use Beaver Builder on any site, um, but it also kind of limits exactly what you're able to do. Um, a lot of people with uh, the theme we have, a lot of people have been just opting to remove the the theme header and footer and build out. The, especially if you're doing like a one-page kind of scrolling site, um, to just build it all out with Beaver Builder. Um, but because it, it kind of it, it complements your your WordPress theme, um, it is a little bit of a, a little bit of like a something that yeah it doesn't have as much flexibility as something like Squarespace where you get full control over over the whole page. Yeah. Which is funny because even though Squarespace is like kind of like a pre-built, you can still mess up a Squarespace site if you're trying hard enough or not trying hard enough or just don't know what you're doing. So because of that that buildability. I totally just made that word up. You can use that. You can use that, Robbie. I feel like that would like work in your note, sphere yeah. somehow. <laughs> it's not your page. Yeah, buildability. That's well, actually kind of fun. I like, like that. What Robbie describes goes back to like the WordPress model, right? Is that you have data, you have a theme wrapped around it, and the plugin adds a way to display that data. So there's a separation of concerns that kind of goes on, but it's when people try to break that separation of concerns, I think, and make a theme builder in WordPress um, that things get kind of ugly. But like when you start being able to like modify headers and footers and stuff at, like at the end end user level, goes back to like the, kind of the origins of web design with HTML, right, and CSS. Like separating your content from your style is is a good thing. And it's useful. Yeah, and it's not separated any of those sites at all. And so people, the expectation is set that they can like bring over their website or something like that, um, and you, you can't do that. You so. mean bring over their entire design, bring over the yeah, whole... Yeah, bring over their design. <laughs> Although, yeah. let's just give Squarespace a shout-out, because it has some nice modern-looking designs. It really it does. does. We've and gotten 
several requests over the years to, and uh, over not even the years, last year, to exactly recreate Squarespace sites design-wise on WordPress. Right? Like, we have the Squarespace site, we love the way it looks, but we can't do stuff. <clears throat> Can you recreate it in WordPress? And it's usually some kind of e-commerce component that's driving them to do it. I'm hearing an idea for a premium theme business right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just I'm recreate sure all the no Squarespace themes on, on WordPress. Well, I'm sure none of that. Let's try it. <laughs> uh, do we yeah. want to talk about what happens after you graduate? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, maintain your plugins and your theme. Sure, that, that would be the other 181 different episodes of WP Water Cooler. <laughs> that. So that's, that's the thing, though, is that it is a really different set of expectations that happen. So unless you're moving into the managed hosting space, managed WordPress hosting space, you are suddenly responsible for updates and backups and figuring all that stuff out. So it really is, see, I know you use the term graduating, but it really is that because it's basically like you're in high school with your Squarespace, and it's good. You can get the foundation. You can develop your content. You can feel that out. And then when you get to college, you're like, oh, crap. I have to do this. Like, I have to turn papers, and like I got to like you know get myself to class, and no one's taking yep. attendance. Those are considerations for not graduating, definitely. <laughs> Having to maintain your site, doing your backups, worrying about security concerns, all of that could be reasons for you to stay. Yeah, yeah, except for, you know, just like in college, you, you know, you've got to get through that because it turns sure. out that's the new, the new if, norm. So if you are if trying you have to expand your business or develop If you have a real content, business need to get through that, sure. <laughs> or you can just keep living with your parents. It's fine. Well, yeah, <laughs> the basis is an option. Why don't, we, why don't we keep this analogy going for the rest of the water cooler? <laughs> yeah, we need new analogies. <laughs> no, I like can that I tell analogy. you about the sandwich? <laughs> oh, please, Wait, what does that make the fraternities and the sororities? Oh, let's please. Okay, no, we're done. Hold on. Let's think about this for a second. I've got a question. Is there anything so involved? I was, I, I was going to talk about <laughs> yeah, a little bit about. We we started to go down the road of short codes and how some pages. Short are road. <laughs> short code. Right. So, short road of short code. So I, I know Robbie's on the episode, and we have talked about Beaver Builder so far, but there are other page builder tools that are out there, right? Not all page builders are created equally. So some of the other ones that we mentioned at the meetup last week were uh, Divi Builder and uh, Visual Composer, right? Uh, and uh, I'm uh, uh, there are more, yeah, but yeah. there are <laughs> lots. Page builder by site origin. Don't don't, don't don't pass judgment yet, but but I know that Divi Builder uses short codes. Right, so so when you're building when you're building pages in the site, they look very nice, and Divi builds some great looking sites, but everything's built on short codes. What's the issue there? Usability, growability. <laughs> short codes are <laughs> short codes are dirty. Like it's basically like coding so is your face. You think? <laughs> no, I washed it. Oh. Um, there's no, but really though, like it's 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 dirty content because that content is now not something that you can just change themes. Not only do you lose your functionality, but you also have, well, unless you use a plugin to remove the short code, and it just disappears well, in, in any way. Yeah, it doesn't actually remove it. In Divi's defense, hang on one second. In Divi's defense. I imagine it's a problem. In Divi's defense, what they did is they, they built a plugin, so all of that short code technology can be extracted. So if you do change themes, you can still, your short codes don't go to waste. So Divi did it, that piece right. Wait, what can be extracted? The short so code Divi, can be removed? So or if the you, if you, Visual Composer can be removed. If you're using the Divi theme, right, and you build your site out and you want to change themes, 
you can then install the Divi plugin and keep those short codes. However, right, right. it's contained within the, the, the constraints of that theme that you chose. So You're better you, off just outputting it to a PDF, copy and pasting, and dropping it back. <laughs> to <the PDF>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, keep it in PDF. What I was asking about specifically, and this is, and this, now I want to get a little technical, is the technical problem behind those short codes. Yeah, it's like it's like using uh, tables to to do design work. Like, there's no reason why you should be doing this. So well, you, this you should definitely be to... using the tools that are available to you and using them right. But this brings it back to something I was trying to bring up, which is: Has anybody looked at the accessibility of sites built with Visual Composer or Divi? Because the way they use shortcodes, I have to imagine, manipulates the markup in ways that isn't readily accessible to screen readers. Maybe I'm wrong. I have not considered that. <laughs> It's, I it's, just think they're I already mean, bad. Like the, the where I've seen them fall down is with RSS readers, with oh, any brutal. kind of thing that would consume content other than a typical web browser. Um, okay. Because like a, a classic one is is uh, Jetpack subscribe module. <clears throat> like Jetpack subscribe module is a great email subscription tool that will mail out blog posts. But they grab the post content directly out of the data database, and they don't process shortcodes. So if you uh, use one of these shortcode builders, what gets sent out in your newsletter is just disaster. So, so Robbie, um, Beaver Builder doesn't use content. the shortcode technology, right? So, what's the difference there? Sure. Well, I, th I think with shortcodes, and I mean, in regards to accessibility, you know, the the thing with shortcodes is they're proprietary. They're not, uh, you know, however you're rendering those shortcodes outside of the native WordPress shortcodes, it's up to whoever that developer is to come up with that markup, and um, you know, the, the whether it's accessible or not, or the you know the degree of accessibility that it has in there, it's it's kind of up to the developer. So. There and again, there's so many page builders out there. Some do a much better job at this than others. A lot of them um, output really crummy markup that is, uh, you know, that, that has a hard time. Like screen readers will have a hard time with, and uh, it's not very accessible. But I think you can still create accessible uh, markup and, and code with a short code based system. Um, that's something that we we're always trying to get better at accessibility. It's it's a tough a tough nut to crack, but. Um, I think the key, though, is that, is that because they're proprietary, you know, you don't know if um, Divi or whoever, Visual Composer, Beaver Builder, is going to be around in two, five, ten years. And the bigger the site you're building, the more content you're putting into those short codes, the more you're kind of betting that that company and that proprietary system is going to be available. And that is actually that is something I struggle with a lot with different plugins. In fact, yesterday I was just doing all this analysis of event calendar plugins, and I'm like, I, I mean, this has got a great feature, et cetera, et cetera, but I can't, I can't bet this website on that plugin. And so that's that's a big part of it. So having stable companies behind the plugin or the theme or whatever it happens to be is really important. So Dave, let me ask you a specific question. If there, if I've built a my site in Divi, right now my homepage has hundred short codes on it. Is that a problem from a server processing standpoint? It could be, yeah. Uh, depending on how the, well those short codes are implemented, more short codes means more processing and processing of potentially large amounts of HTML content and text. So they can get kind of slow. Okay. Uh, I don't know how Beaver Builder works. If it's uh, doing some of that processing outside of actually displaying the content of the page, that might be a lot more performant. But having hundreds of shortcodes on a page, every one of those shortcodes is going through a shortcode processing and processing large amounts of text. 
kind of like going to hundreds of parties during college. Like, you might slow down. At some point, you're going to hit a limit, yeah. right? That was, that was, that was, the end of that, that life was, never ends well. That was my college experience. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me ask you guys something. We've moved, I don't know, a dozen, yeah, maybe a few less than that, sites from Squarespace, Wix, and stuff to WordPress. We've never had a request to go the opposite direction. Have you ever had a client or heard of somebody going reverse, maybe say? Last week, indeed, a client is like, I'm in WordPress. I think I just need, like, a, someone told me I need a Squarespace theme or something like that. Uh, and, you know, they've got a theme that was crappily built by a crappy company and uh, that's, like, some, you know, mishmash custom theme that's, like, half responsive and, like, half not. And... Um, they, they, I, I was like, you, you already have all this. Your content's there. You don't, you don't need. You just need a new theme. It's not like, let's go backwards and rebuild the whole site because that's what you'd have to do with Squarespace. You, I don't think there's a easy. There's, I don't think there's an easy way to port your content into Squarespace. I've never actually done it because once someone's on WordPress, I'm not going to move them off. I just might not start them there. But I would be like, once you're on WordPress, especially if they've used it a tiny little bit, I'm like, you're good. Let's just start here and do a really simple install, do some default themes, you know, a couple plugins, and then get you moving. Um, but I've never intentionally moved someone from one to the other. Was the concern that that client had the way that the theme was built or the UI inside of the WordPress dashboard compared to Squarespace? No, it's simply design because clients, it's a lot of my, all my people, my small business lay people, non-technical people, they don't understand how WordPress works. And that is the fault of developers who are just building sites for them and then shoving them on to them and being like, here you go. So they oh, think... Right. The theme and the WordPress are the same thing. Not they don't they don't make that differentiation. So you know they're like need a new site. I guess I should just get a new thing instead of let me change this theme or what can we do to fix this theme or whatever that happens to be. So that's. I had a, a somewhat similar situation. We had a client that had a WooCommerce setup with maybe 20, 30 products. Not a whole lot of products. But the the hosting and the updates and the backups and everything were were just overwhelming for her, and so she moved not to Squarespace but to Shopify, which is a, a more of a hosting platform for e-commerce especially. Um, but she felt that that was a lot easier for her to deal with just from a maintenance uh, point of view. I know of people who have moved from WordPress to Squarespace like that. I have not moved them myself because I have problems. I sometimes, I just feel guilty when I'm recommending Squarespace or See, keeping people on Weebly in the first place, but... These all sound like client expectation issues to me, like client education issues, That's right? exactly more than anything else. Are. Yeah, I would agree. WordPress can do those things, and WordPress can have those themes, and it can be that simple, but when you have bad right. developers who are putting in short code and then not explaining any of that, I had a client who, when helping out their friend, installed a plugin called Inline PHP and oh, was no. coding in PHP in the content editor, and the client's like, well, I don't know how... I don't. I can't do this. I'm like, I don't yeah, get it. yeah, you can. Oh, nothing can like, go WordPress wrong there. It's hard. <laughs> I'm like, this is so messed up. Why does that plugin exist? It just actually makes yeah. me angry. Well, not I, all clients I, want to learn this stuff. They want to run their business, and yep. so if a simpler solution means moving back away from WordPress, sometimes that is a good thing. Right. So yeah, what is it about like? It works for, say sure. you, you call out the developers quite hard, but. 
it's more than that. It's the WordPress community at large, right? Like not just the developer side of it, that isn't communicating to clients what or potential users how it works. Well, yeah, so and it's also endless which is like, hey, everybody, here's every site ever that totally looks like this amazing demo site. Just kidding. Here's Visual Composer. Go. That's that's <laughs> that's setting client expectations to. They're like, I bought this thing. It's supposed to look like this. They're expecting something that's fill in the blank, like the customizer wants to be, like Squarespace actually is. And instead, they get a drag and drop thing that there's no explanation. There's like seventy thousand options. Yeah, you like, gotta learn how that drag and drop thing works. Visual Composer is the opposite of decisions, not options. It's options, not decisions, and that can totally freeze people. Right, but I'm relating it to how Squarespace conveys to clients how to use those tools and build the site that they want, or to their it's, customers. It's on the it's on it the theme developers. It's I mean WordPress as a community can't access those people when they're downloading a theme from Theme Forest or from Elegant Themes or something. Like it's people are there's no education in there. I've I've had a lot of conversations about why the customizer with George specifically why the customizer kind of is lacking because there's not a lot of documentation in there. And so it's just like just go. And that's not helpful to anyone. Except for that sidekick thing comes in. Ben Fox shout out what what. <laughs> and look at the time, folks. Wow, it's oh. about 11:30. <laughs> nice we got foxes we, and beavers. I think we totally <laughs> talked that one to oh, death. Nice. We got wolf prints. Is that coming? <laughs> GPL. Yep. So that's it, Prairie folks. Dog. Make sure you go over to our website at watercooler.com and click on the links there to subscribe. If you're watching this show on YouTube, click on the thumbs up button. We would love to uh, let everybody know that um, you're watching the show and stuff, and please share it on social media. We'd love that. And lastly, there's a uh, comment box down the bottom. If you have any questions, concerns, anything like that, click on the links there and go and leave or us tweet comments. Us. With yeah. the hashtag, yeah. That's about it. Thanks you very much for being on the show, guys. You have a good rest of your day. Bye-bye.